0: A show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. That's when it got wheels off. Started up and we ain't gonna stop. I oh, like you, like it or not. That's when it got wheels off. Rachel Yamagata is a singer, a songwriter, a pianist. Her voice is hard to describe because the easy descriptors that you want to reach for automatically, angelic, powerful, they don't do justice to this voice of hers. When you hear her sing, what comes across is this depth, this kind of wisdom. Um, I think that that is at the core of who Rachel is. And when you hear her sing, and when you hear this kind of weird quality to her voice that it's hard to put your finger on. I mean, I think that is, that is Rachel's essence. You know, she's this really deep, wise, funny, kind of stoic, but also very emotional person. And I love listening to her sing. That's why I keep coming up with reasons to hire her to come sing on my records. And I keep, you know, finding ways to land on uh, bills and festivals and shows with her. I just love listening to Rachel sing. I also love talking to her. She and I have a conversation that goes back now a decade and a half. We don't see each other all the time, maybe every couple of years. And when we do, it's as if no time has passed. This conversation, we fall right back into it. And it's, it's funny and it's meandering. And I know that there are moments during this interview um, when... We follow digressions, you know, pretty far down, down random paths. But um I've left all those in because I think they're all pretty worthwhile. You know, um, musicians often get asked if they're interested in acting. We end up talking about that, Her Brother Josh, comedy. We end up talking about a lot of sort of tertiary subjects to our own, you know, songwriting and the kind of creativity that's sort of at the forefront of what she and I both do. Um, But I really love what she brings to her personal journey. Uh, I really love the attitude that she brings into everything she does. And I think there's a lot to be learned from getting a chance to sit down and talk with Rachel Yamagata. I sat down with her on the front porch of her home in Woodstock, New York, on a beautiful late summer afternoon. Um, You can hear birds, I'm sure. You can hear, you know, probably you can hear her boyfriend pulling up in the car. I think there might be some random animals. Um, But the conversation was really sweet, as is Rachel. I'm so lucky to get to know her and be her friend and capture some of that during this episode of Wheels Off. Rachel Yamagata. Welcome to Wheels Off, Rachel Yamagata.
1: Thank you, Rhett Miller. I'm excited to be here.
0: That's so nice. We're Right now we're on the front porch of your home, just outside of Woodstock, New York. Yep,
1: we are. You can hear the crickets, frogs. I don't know what those are. Frogs, maybe. I think that's crickets. Crickets. <laughs> you might see a bear.
0: <laughs> we're like city people in the country. I know. <laughs> You've been in Woodstock for years, though, right?
1: Yeah, this is, I think, seven years now. That's so cool. Yeah.
0: This is a really magical spot. Thank you. Um, So what creative project are you working on at the moment, and how's it inspiring you?
1: So I am in the throes of organizing two different tours, one which is a trio uh, set and working with that group, and then one which will be a four-piece going to an entirely new place. So there's a lot of arranging of songs and trying out new... Uh, directions for, for things that certain fan bases haven't seen. So that's that's mainly where my creative focus is right now, just getting getting these tours up and running.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I never think about that as such a large component of what we do, right? But you're, you're staging a show.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you want to make it different than last time. Uh-huh. As soon as you put in, you know, one different musician is going to change everything. And so when you... Uh, I always find that you you get these new ingredients that are are fabulous that you want to explore, and then you're also going to have different uh, different challenges based on what you're used to, based on your 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 past band. So this is, I guess, this just comes with being a solo artist and sort of touring with musicians that are ever changing. But it's always like a puzzle to try and figure out like. How to play the song? What you want to show to the audience? How to best utilize people's uniqueness? Yeah, on stage and and build up that chemistry with new people and um. So I'm in I'm in the thick of that right now. That's but
0: that's a funny thing about having to let go of what you've always heard, or yeah. what you hear in your head. Yes, and like hand it over to someone. Definitely, definitely.
1: And I'm working on a new record, so my brain is filled with all of these new songs that I want to pursue so putting them on hold and trying to forget about uh, maybe an evolution of where the sound is going and and still be true to past material because that's what I know these particular fans are going to want to hear is also I have to compartmentalize sort of like the creative task at hand in a way.
0: I wonder if the one might inform the other like working with these new musicians might hear you make you hear things differently on the
1: it actually, I didn't think about that, but it might actually, it will be interesting to play with them and see if I want to bring them into the recording process. Yeah. Because they are um, showing me something different than I've experienced in a live setting, so it, it would be,
0: it would be cool to to try something like that, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. God, I can't wait to see it. I know um, you're not going to be on the East Coast with it for a little I know, while. I yeah. I think you you work really hard, I feel like. I mean, you and I have been both been doing this for a while. Yeah. And um, And for any listener that might not know, we collaborated. We met when you sang the song Fireflies with me. Yes. Which still to this day is one of, like, a crowd favorite. People bring it up all the time. Uh. They talk about you... It's uh, Aww. it seems to be something that people go to as like a kind of classic duet and.
1: Yeah, I love that. They come up to me and ask me about it as well. They love that song. They love the video. They yeah, yeah. I love shooting that with you. I couldn't take you seriously. I'm like, how am I supposed to be mad at you? Look at your big doe eyes. You're so cute. I'm like, I can't even like grimace. <laughs> it's like impossible. It's so fun though. Such a fun thing to do, yeah. And,
0: and remember when we recorded that we were in Allaire Studios, not far from here, which is no longer a thing. That's right. That was Bowie's, yep. place.
1: That was on he. Well, he owns part of that, mountain. part of the mountain, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I made a record there called Elephants. Yeah, and did um, some work. Mandy Moore recorded up there. Rayla Montaigne. There yeah. were a bunch of people and. Um, yeah, that was magical. That place
0: so incredible. That was the only day I ever worked there. Was recording your vocals. Wow,
1: I love that song. place. Yeah,
0: that was only fifteen, oh, fourteen years ago.
1: Was it really? Yeah, that's insane.
0: <laughs>
1: that's insane.
0: Mathematically oh. impossible because we're both still twenty-three years old.
1: I um, know. Yeah, exactly.
0: God. So okay. So yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. To get no. back to the, the sort of the moment where you're at. You're putting on a tour, yes. But you're also working on a new record. Like for me, I always found that it's such different things: presenting music and like putting it out into the world versus the creating of it. Yeah. Is it weird to sort of simultaneously be? Do you feel like you're split in two?
1: I wouldn't say I'm doing it. When I say working on a new record, I mean still writing songs for it. Yeah. So I'm not. I think it would be hard for me to, um, like record a song and then leave for tour and then record a song. Like I can't do that. I I like to be. Uh, okay, now I'm now I'm in the studio and we're just gonna do it till it's done. I'm not I'm not good at fragmenting, um, but it's been I've definitely been on the tour roller coaster for like six years straight, mm. and um, and I do I am definitely feeling like after this round of touring I need to hibernate and I need to um, sort of re inspire. Creation a bit Mm -hmm. because I think when you get on that, uh, the tour roller coaster, it's such a different, uh, way of being for your brain, for your body. I mean, it's a lot of just survival, and and, yeah, and then like you know, your inspiration comes with the audience interaction every night, Mm -hmm. and it's but you have a, um, There's a little bit of a formula to it. You know what's going to happen. Recording is so, it it is, it's totally different. Such a different experience. Um, So I wouldn't say I'm having problems yet because I'm not actually in the studio recording. Um, If I were, I think that would be really hard to do simultaneously. But
0: you've been able to write.
1: I've been able to write. I've been. I can write when I'm home. Yeah. Um, I can't really write on the road. Oh, so really? Yeah. I'm not a big road writer. I'll do like a line here or there, mm-hmm. um, maybe a voice memo of a melody, uh, but I really, I like to hunker down and sort of. Um, do you mostly write on the piano? Uh, it's split. It's a, It's actually pretty. It's probably more in piano than guitar, but it's 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 close. That's
0: yeah. Cool. I mean, because obviously it's hard to have a keyboard yeah set up i know i mean I'm, i guess you could have a little one with headphones and, and a van or,
1: i'm i'm bad with that yeah I that's just, hard
0: yeah uh, bob dylan had a quote that I, makes me wish i played piano because he would he said that when you're stuck on a song whatever you're writing it on um a great trick is to like if you're writing on a guitar you get stuck you move to piano try yep. it on that It'll open up whole new pathways
1: totally i love that yeah and then if you're even if you Finish the song. Try it on a different instrument before you record it. Like yeah. you might. I had a song, you won't let me, that I wrote with Mike Viola, and we, we love the song, and it was on guitar, but it, something just wasn't right. And then he sat down and played it on piano, and it was like, there it is. It's uh. like, oh, that's yeah. But I love that. I love the tricks Fiona Apple does. This I read once. She had the drawer of words. She just had all these like little cards of different words, and she just stick her hand in there and. Pick out some random words And I, I love all the Like writing tricks That, that stir up the pot again
0: I remember Do you remember The magnetic words That people would have On their yeah. fridge poet, Magnetic poetry Totally I wrote a whole song Once on a friend's refrigerator Ah I watch as it stops For a girl A moment Elaborate and weak Like these words That I would never Necessarily put in order Amazing But, <laughs> so but, but I think there's Something to that right Just like kind of Randomness I, I guess that's what The Brian Eno cards Mm-hmm. tend to tap into.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm a big big believer in, in sort of your, you know, even if you don't have the words and you're just um, singing a melody, that somehow your subconscious is actually guiding you to them. So mm-hmm. do you ever do that when you go back and you listen to demos and you, you just write down the word, it almost sounds like you're trying to say, yeah. and then it becomes this like, Profound, <laughs> Like, sometimes if you're lucky, you yeah. know, it just really does actually work, even though you're you're doing gibberish when you're actually coming up with the melody. 100%. Yeah.
0: Like, the mush mouth kind of non-words. Yeah. You know, one word will poke out. Exactly. But it's funny. Yeah, right, because that, that word is the word that, like, naturally fits in, sonically and into that spot in the song, and yeah. you kind of build around it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I right. love writing songs. Right. That's you, so cool. I feel like this house, right. where we're sitting right now, has got to be such a creative space
1: it's good it's good I wrote my uh a full record sitting or we're, we're sitting out here on the porch with this desk I just journaled for for the whole summer and literally wrote the record sitting right here and like just looking into the woods that's sweet yeah I'm a big space person I like it I like spaces can really inspire you it's
0: funny you say that because I remember years ago I was moving, I lived in New York and lived in L.A., and, and whatever, whatever record it was that came out, I was getting a lot of questions about, how different is it to write in this space versus this space? And I'd be like, I don't know, bro, I'm just like going and yeah. going and going. <laughs> yeah. Like, the space doesn't matter. But as you're saying that, I'm realizing, even though I denied it at the time, I think it really did have a lot of mm-hmm. effect, especially when you're talking about this magical space up in the mountains. mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's something to this this place.
0: are little cats. I know. Like are
1: they? They're probably eating something. It's <laughs> like magical, watching them eat a living creature.
0: <laughs> it's the cycle what of life. What are they doing? <laughs> the Cycle of
1: life. I know that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oh So
0: man. I feel like yeah. you you and I have both been doing this for a long, long time. Yeah. And I I think the impression I've always gotten is that you started at a pretty early age. Was there was there like um, an epiphany moment for you? Or did you know really early that you were going to make a living as a musician?
1: No, I was a product of failing other things. <laughs> 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 like literally, like I think I, I would write little things when I was like 12 and mm-hmm. I had a year of piano lessons and quit those because my, my teacher kept telling me to stop moving around. And I was like, but I'm feeling <laughs> the music. And oh no, we might have a, this could be a delivery of something. Um this is real woods life happening right now. I don't know. Um, oh, you know what this is? This is a drum sampler machine. Oh, killer. Coming back from Michael Chavez. Okay, this I'm going to You want to pause it?
0: No, you know what? I'll let it roll. Okay. And then, if you want to need to go talk to the guy.
1: Nah. nah okay. And then
0: um, um, maybe my people will edit it out. I don't or know. Or this
1: could be really interesting. This is like a very exciting happening cuz usually no one comes down this driveway, so maybe they want to see two keep people it in, in one for, day. Like, character. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, so, okay. So I quit the piano lessons. Um, thought, did a lot of, like, music theater in high mm-hmm. school. Had no idea what I was going to do in college. Did like, you think you might act?
0: Was that on the table?
1: Not as a real thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of fun in high school. But it, it didn't even occur to me that it could be a profession. It wasn't mm-hmm. encouraged in that way. And in the particular school I was in, necessarily. I had was an this? amazing teacher. This was in uh, Maryland. Okay. And yeah, it was a... It was a private girl. So, Hi, how are, good, how are you? Thank you so much. Awesome. Okay, thank you. Um, Have a good one. Um,
0: Rachel, oh my God, I just had a drum sampler. We got a, a drum
1: over. sampler right to That's pretty cool. This is why I don't use Amazon, because I'm so scared that I would literally just order things... <laughs> every day i don't trust myself i have an account but i've never used it i don't even know that's that incredible I, isn't that crazy because
0: living in the country most of us just yeah. are on amazon all day i
1: know day. Yeah. I, but I, I would rather drive 45 minutes to go get toothpaste and then order it for some reason because it gets me out of the house i guess it gets me out of the house it does um so yeah no no plans to to follow music professionally i was studying languages Studied theater eventually in college, got kicked out of acting class and joined a band.
0: So funny. So your your piano teacher made you quit because you were moving around too much.
1: She didn't make me quit, she but I was like, this is I don't <laughs> wanna be like, you know, I don't wanna discipline be disciplined. You know, yeah. I was so
0: doing music. Yeah. And then but you got kicked out of acting class?
1: I did, but only because it was part of school. I wasn't good uh, I'm not good with like authority and like Yeah, you know, 9 a.m. classes, Mm -hmm. and um, I love I I I, my brother's an actor. I love actors. It's a different discipline, though. It's it's you really have to um, you have to be focused in a way that I wasn't about something that somebody else wrote. It, It was when I sat down and started writing my own songs that I was like, oh, here's the little magic that I couldn't find in characters that where I had to create the, create it, you know, the character was written. I had to create it for something about writing and creating the character and embodying it so much, uh, came so much easier to me and it was like my focus and I fell in love with it. And that, that sort of like set me on this writing tangent. Um, and I, I, I've been thinking about acting recently. I'm like, huh, I kind of, I wonder about it and I'm curious about it. Um, but yeah, the, with music if people don't like it, it's like you know, it's, at least you know it's like all, all you like it, don't like it it's all I got, you know, there's something nice about
0: but actors, I've always felt bad and I I think that this is me being stupid but I've always felt bad for actors because their content has to be created by someone else and they've got to go find it or get get assigned to it and it's,
1: it's tricky. I don't, I mean the great, the, the actors that I've talked to um, are, I mean, they're, they're, they're all in, in the way that musicians are too. They're, they, they develop the characters. They're bringing, they're bringing their own life to it and they're making something come alive. They're, it's almost, to me, it feels more difficult than music. I don't yeah. know if I, maybe that's just cause like we can write songs naturally. So mm-hmm. not that songs are easy, but there's something about songwriting that, um, because it's all all you you know you have easy language access to those emotions whereas an actor you really do have to take all of your emotions and your your background and your experiences and 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 deliver them through somebody else's language yeah. and so sometimes I'm like that's I don't know if I could do that it's really hard <laughs> and yeah. like I yeah but I I don't know my I, my brother's a, he's intense. He's he's um, really dedicated. So I'm curious about it because I'm like, I wonder if I could do it or if I could only play like a crazy cat lady that has a porch. <laughs> I'm like, oh I think God. that's the only experience I could draw on who's like had a heartbreak or something. Well, <laughs> like, I,
0: you know, the the first experience I ever had with you was bringing in a recorded track and then giving you the lyrics to the song and working with you to record the part on Fireflies yeah. which was there's definitely a bit of a story there and like a, yep. there was acting involved in your performance on that and it was really it was really cool watching you take that character yeah. and turn it into a recording and and it and it wasn't i mean i don't know what percentage of it is you having the voice that you have the physical voice which mm. is this really it, enormous Gift that you have, but also you Thank were you. able to sort of embody this this character, and it's a tricky character because it's not the most maybe likable character. Right, 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 right. Complicated. Yeah, okay. yeah. You'd be a good actor.
1: Oh well, thanks. You would be a great. Have you? No, my well, God. You, well, you've been yourself in mm-hmm.
0: movies before. But well, yeah, ever... but if I if I studied, maybe right? Like, isn't that the thing? Like, it's hard. I
1: don't. Well, you could. Maybe you're the undiscovered natural <laughs> actor.
0: I don't know I remember, That's what we should do We should write a film For each other Because yeah, we both live up here In the country Totally um, I. About I, cats <laughs> yeah, I got asked to audition For something And um, it was years ago Before Nick Offerman Got his part on Parks and Rec That broke him out uh, I went to Nick And I said You've got to help me Get ready for this audition And he's like Oh you're going to be great It's going to be great And by the end of the day Of him helping me He's like Um you know, <laughs> Maybe just music is good <laughs> oh for you. Oh my gosh. I, I used to think that for acting you just show up, don't crack up, yeah. Don't look self conscious and say the words yeah. and you're fine. Yeah. It's apparently it's a lot more than that. I think you gotta
1: get some actors on your podcast and start <laughs> grilling them. they I it's I think you'd be a great actor.
0: Uh, thanks. I don't know.
1: I love the um who, what did uh, American folk. Did you see that? You know, do you know Amber Rubarth and Joe Purdy? It's a beautiful movie and it's, it's just, I won't tell you, it's, it's worth seeing. So I won't tell you the storyline necessarily, but like it's kind of probably comparatively got the once vibe and, and, but going across the country to songwriters and they really weave in the music seamlessly with the, the acting and they're both wonderful and they're they're musicians. Yeah. I mean, they're buddies. I didn't know if they could act or not. And you, I was hooked, like scene one. It was, it was really interesting to watch. You, you should watch it to see musicians acting, but it's so natural. It's not like, um, it, you, you forget who they are because they do become these, these characters that are so natural for them.
0: I'd love to see that. Yeah. It's Those really, are great. It's really good. All right. I'm in. American Folk. American Folk. Have you ever been approached about doing like a musical, like a Broadway kind of thing?
1: You know, it's so funny. S- about seven years ago, um, my mom, she and I were talking. She's she's not in music at all. She was school principals, that kind of thing. And she was, I don't know how we got talking about musicals. And she's like, I tried to write a musical once. I had a song. And I was like, what? And, ah. and she's like, da-da-da. And she, was, she sang this melody. And she sang this these words, and I was like, "What?" And so that summer, I sat down and I wrote fifteen songs, and I was like, "I will write my mother's story wow. and um and it was based off a little bit of her um a little bit of her reality in life and relationships, and then I just weaved in just started doing characters i need I need a story like there yeah. are there are songs, there are characters it needs like a fleshed out story. Um, but I got obsessed with it and it, so all of these things are kind of started and I've just been working on it over the years. And, um, so I haven't been approached, but I've been thinking about it and I've just started talking to people about it. Um, because I love, I love that venue for music. I love the drama. I love cinematic showmanship that, that, is dialogue, music, lighting, stage setting. I mean, it's what you do on, we do it on tour. We're creating a show, and it's just a, you know, I I love the idea of it, so... We'll
0: see. <laughs> oh my god, that's so cool! I can't wait to see what comes of it. I mean, if nothing else, it could be like a concept album.
1: I thought, yeah, I'm kind of thinking that too. As a start, could be a starting point. Like all my demos are really almost unlistenable. They're, you know, <laughs> I did all the arrangements and and I'm singing man voices and female voices and like that's you hilarious. know all different octaves that I can't reach and and banging on pots and putting string sections and you know every it's like start stop stuff. So it's it's not something anyone wants to listen to. Ever, <laughs> but the ideas are there, so um but yeah i'm I'm very curious about pursuing that and um and and just seeing I feel like I need to finish it, I think it needs to it, it's so fleshed out that to not do it would be a like a deathbed regret like oh, I service. should have like
0: yeah, if only are, had done
1: that musical are
0: you conversant in recording technology like do you know how to make oh my god, no, I use those um I always call them the
1: BR8 machines but I don't know if that's I don't know if it's Roland or you know those machines you can literally like buy at Guitar Center and they've <laughs> got like 16 or mm-hmm. 8 channels and they have like two inputs and a couple of presets and but they have the faders I like uh-huh. I like being able to manually manually fade things I mean I literally have four of those upstairs and it it started on I think I had like the hard disks and then I have some on little tapes. Then it went to CDs, and I could never figure out how to dump the information and clear the hard drive. So I would just fill it up and get a new and then one and buy a new one. <laughs> and there's actually one for sale in yeah. Woodstock where I'm like, should I go get it? Yeah. And I have Logic on my computer, and I've yeah. you know been around Pro Tools for years, but my brain just like, it's such a steep learning curve for me where mm-hmm. I'm like, do I really want to take this on or? You know, like, Final Cut Pro is hard enough for me, and I'm terrible with, like, storage of files.
0: Yeah, that makes my head hurt just thinking about it. It's so hard. But you're good at Final Cut Pro.
1: Well, I had to teach myself Final Cut Pro because I did a video a couple years ago, and we realized... We did everything right. We got the director, we got a... No, we didn't get... We got a cast, we got a location, I got my producer, we got a choreographer, we got everything ready, and then realized... There was no director, <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, I don't know. I could try giving ideas." And so this the producer and I, she really, she and I, I guess, sort of co-directed this idea, and then, um, and then there was something with editing. Maybe I can't remember something with editing where I had to learn this program. So yeah. I learned just enough to be able to like give the ideas to a real editor and. But that's another thing. I don't know how to like, it's like stupid things. I don't know how to take the library and put it on a, on a hard drive so that I just have to keep deleting like you know, Bed Bath & Beyond emails to try and make space on my computer in order to keep functioning.
0: Oh my God, I am like, with this.
1: It's like, who teaches anyone how to do this stuff is what I think. I'm like, how did everybody learn this?
0: There's got to be somebody that we could get to come teach dumb I musicians know, like how to work. a nine-year-old. like regular <laughs> like, computer stuff.
1: I know. It's crazy. I have a list of things that I want to tell musicians to like get an order from day one and it'll make your life so much easier. Like, databases of your music know exactly where all like tv mixes stems oh my god registrations like all these like little traps that can just like derail
0: see yeah that'd be great it would be great if we every young musician should have someone that cares about them that could be a manager right just because there's things beyond writing songs yeah but maybe we need to know how to do it ourselves especially in the modern world or even just know what needs to be done. You yeah. know, I'm a big fan of delegation. Yeah.
1: If if it's... I'm also... I guess you. I'm sort of a control freak. Like, I've been self-managed now for years, mm-hmm. which is not... Incredible. Not fun. I yeah. mean, it's a huge learning experience. I'm super impressed. I would love... I'm inviting the universe to, like, put the perfect person in my path. Yeah. I'm at that point. But, but I do think there's... There is a certain knowledge to protect our our creations that we sit there and we work on for years and really treasure there are certain things that we could just little checkpoint list that would really help um, protect you know where those files are who has them um, are they registered so you're getting paid for them things that we don't think about you know yeah. and and managers could be the, a great manager is great at all that stuff
0: or they can be part of the problem or
1: yeah if they're yeah. busy or they're not thinking about it my my friend always had this great, fr- great phrase he's like you have to learn you have to manage your manager and I was yeah. like what an interesting way to think about it and I'm like man because you love the idea of like I just want to like stare at stare at this tree and write a song and then yeah. stare at a cloud and do a drawing and
0: well the music industry has a long history of of fucking us over.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, we didn't get into this because we want to be hard-ass business people. Yeah, totally. But it would help us if we were to an extent.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it would. I And then I guess the question is, does it compromise that other part of you that's creating something? A lot of people feel like you need to divide the two. Yeah. Um, I don't, but I th- also think I sort of have a head... A weird head that can do spreadsheets okay. Yeah. Um, but again, like I'm, yesterday was the f- was a rehearsal for this tour, which was like, oh, right, I play music.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I, I feel like we don't get to, our paths don't cross enough. Yeah. But that's sort of the way it is. We're, we're kind of redundant. We're the same thing. So right. we're always running parallel lines in the universe. But when I do see you, I feel like you and I have had a number of good conversations about the career and like what are what we're doing and the occasional frustrations of it. Right. And um, I've always really been impressed by how hard you work and how strong you are at what you do and you just push forward and do things really well. Oh, but nice. I know that you must struggle uh, at times with, you know, obviously the obstacles that we're kinda of discussing. They sure. get set up for us as musicians, but even the things inside of you that make it hard to do what you do. Do sure. you find yourself struggling with those and how do you Deal with that
1: all the time yeah I I um I have to write in a journal every day this is just something that I've um and we have a B
0: I, a friendly I guy. think he's
1: okay um I read that book the artist way yeah or I think I read it until I got it wet and then I read <laughs> it enough, but I, I got to the point where you you know the the three pages she says write three pages to basically just clear, clear your brain, like make the blank canvas, like whatever it is. And, you know, whether it's, you know, clean the kitty litter, go out and buy, you know, toilet paper, whatever it is, like write it all down, get it out of your brain. And then, um, then it's not there to nag you and you can kind of be fresh for whatever the muse brings in, all that kind of thing. So I started doing that. And what happened was, um, they started, evolving into almost like self-coaching mm-hmm. so a lot of my morning journal journaling is literally like you can do it <laughs> like you're not a you, you know look look where you are where do you want to be what's going on with your thoughts um and and sometimes on on really interesting days it feels like you know i believe i believe we do have these guides that are are you know steering us in the right direction or that whatever you want to call it the inner voice in your head um the universe whatever it is and and for me the journaling is a way to access some of that that speak which helps me fight the deep insecurity of i'll never make it i'll never you know i don't know how i'm gonna how am i gonna survive like I probably want to have kids. I'm going to die here alone with an elliptical on my porch and a bunch of cats. Like there are those thoughts all the time. Like I never want to listen to my music. You know, I hate my songs. Like, you know, all of those things are constantly happening. I, I went through this thing in June. I went through this pretty tough emotional time and I'd get up at four in the morning and I'd write these songs and I'd, voice memo them and I'd be you know the songs where you're crying you're yeah. like oh I'm onto something like it makes me cry I'm like I'm really plugged in here and then I listened back to them a, a couple of weeks ago and I was like this is the worst shit I've ever done <laughs> I was like this is horrible <laughs> like and so um
0: it's consistent battle all the time but maybe like the journaling those you had to cry out those songs right to move past them
1: I hopefully, because I don't think they should ever see the light of day. But yeah, you get them out, and then you just hope for. I have to like write a song and then get away from it for almost to the point where I forget it, and then go back. And if it gets me then, like oh, then I mark it as like pursue this. If it's you know if I have it like that's sort of this next record is forming like that. I've got all these songs and. And I'll go back and listen. Like, all right, there's one. You got one. And then I, I take this sheet of paper that I wrote on the sheets, the notes, and I, I have just started putting them in this like, you know the, you know those photography or those nice art binder things you can get in an art store with yeah. the like laminate or whatever. You slide them in. Yeah. I'm like, here's one. And like, It I earned its in, way. Into it the earned the its way. Up. Yes, it's in there. And it's a numbers yeah. game, right? Like you have yeah. to write
0: whatever. Maybe a great writer can write five songs and one is great. But yeah. I know for me it's m- more than that. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. Are you a big, like, do you sit down and write a record and you do 200 <sighs> songs or are you like, here's the 10 or is it just like,
0: it depends. I feel like there's times when I've walked in with 12 and yeah. I don't like that. I would rather walk in with a hundred. Yeah. Cause again, numbers, right? Yeah. If you pick the 10 best of a hundred songs then they must be good. Right. I was in Ohio last week with some extended family and I was sitting on the Back porch with this 80-year-old grandma. Yeah. And she's like, play me some songs. And I played Aww. her one. And she goes, oh, I really like that one. And I played her another one. And she goes, I didn't like that one so much. Wow. <laughs> but I was like. You're like, you're my new A&R person. I love it. You're so decisive. <laughs> but but it is. It's that. It's yeah. like I needed to write that second crummier song. Yep. Because, you know, the one after that's going to be really good. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Oh, but you got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. Yeah. What would God? I mean, this is, this is just now me wondering. What, yeah. Like, how many do you think you write that you find one that you really love? Mm. Three. A hundred.
1: In the past, I've come into records having written like, no kidding, two hundred songs, and oh they're God. and they're all it's all just it's probably twelve, and they're all the same twelve songs. They're just in different whatevers, yeah. and then this last record I did. I was like, You're not doing this this time. you're gonna take the idea and you're gonna you're gonna work it until it is the song so rewriting rewriting, editing. I've never done that before. I've never like I'm like, here it is, there it is it's done like that's how I have a short attention span. This was a big like project for me um and that's that's how I approached approached the last record so there's a lot of like continuing ideas in it and there's certain certain phrases that are referenced in one that actually show up in another and I think that was a product of being like it's just these 12 or whatever they are but um, so typically like so but that was unusual so I don't know this this one I've probably written I might have like eight seven or eight at this mm-hmm. point that I'm like these are
0: possible contenders. Um, Did you find that you liked the rewriting enough to kind of make it stay in the process, or you or is it something in the middle now? I you th- rewrite some
1: i think i would i think rewriting is valuable yeah. um i'm not I am not objective about it in the way that I would like to be like some yeah. some some writers are um it gets better and better as you, you, you can be really concise. And I had this, my friend of mine, um, was really great about how do you distill lines? Like what, what word, every word has to be, have a meaning if it's going to be in there. Like, and I hadn't thought about lines that way. I hadn't thought about really looking at like every word does every word need to be in here. Um, you can tell how I talk. I'm like, it just goes, that's why most of my songs are like, you know, started as like nine minutes. It's like condensing is, is hard um, Mm -hmm. for me. Um, But I think, I think if you can edit without taking the soul out of something, then it's valuable. Once it starts to lose its magic, then you, then you're in trouble. And being that touchstone for yourself without like a band or some trusted people to run it by, is hard it's 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 tricky so i think i'm probably going to be in the middle i don't think i'm going to edit everything and to f- death. force it to be whatever and mm-hmm. um but i am going to proofread <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> you know so yeah i always think about um in the 70s there was a book jonathan livingston Sebo. oh yeah, yeah sure and the guy that wrote that was famously opposed to rewriting um I'm I maybe getting this wow. wrong, but that was a story I remember. Yeah. Was that I forget that whoever it was, wrote Jonathan Livingston Seagull in one sitting. That was it. Wow, never changed one word of it. And wow, and um, and I can see why that would be like appealing because then you're freaking done. Like, yeah. okay, that's it. I did it. Yeah, but um, but it's funny. I know for me, as I get older, I've I've done kind of what you've done and said. You know what? Maybe I didn't get everything right yeah. the first time. Maybe the, and maybe there's a reason I got to the end of it was like, eh, not so good. And then I could save it with a rewrite.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to know. That's why I think I really need to like get away from something, especially if you've done editing or rewriting, and then come back to it fresh. Once you really have ears that are like, what's this one? And then and then it's like, okay.
0: Objectivity, or yeah. the, and I've read a lot of books about how to write fiction. Not to brag, ah, yeah. <laughs> um, because, <Hey. laughs> because right. it's my dream, and I've never all really right. done it. So, oh, nice! Um, but in these books, uh, and, and this is like, um, not all of them, but a lot of them say that the way to do it is you write a draft, step away from it yep. for six months, and then you come back to it, and you've kind of you're no longer so inside of it that you you know you can see it with some fresh eyes. That's what you're saying. Wow, oh, that's this interesting. Song. It's funny that you say. And I know, and, I, and when I do these wheels-off conversations, it's uh, it's really hard for me not to. Don't talk about yourself, Brett. But I will you tell should. You, I'll <laughs> give
1: you that. About, I love it when I hear some of you coming through these interviews, by the way, because I've been listening, and like your listeners want to hear from you as well. Thank you. They well, really
0: do. I will make them happy then by saying, in the last couple of days, I've been I've, I cleaned out my garage and I found all my old notebooks. Yeah. And it's this giant stack of song notebooks and this you know, kitty cats and dogs and WWE wrestlers, like on the covers, they're all goofy, but they're filled with these songs from 20 years ago, 15 years ago. (sighs) Oh my God. And so I, it occurred to me like back then I was writing so quickly yeah, and I was also pretty wasted a lot of the time just in general, like touring too hard, living too hard. Yeah. And, um, and so I thought, I wonder if there's anything that just fell by the wayside that might still have some value. Guess what? Like. Every notebook has five or six things in it. That I'm like, why did I throw this away? Oh, this is
1: amazing. It. Yeah.
0: So now I get to go back and oh. I'm, it's like, I'm not stealing somebody else's stuff, except that it's kind of like somebody else. Cause I barely remember this guy right. from 20 years ago. That's the best. That's the
1: best. That's incredible.
0: But oh. yeah, talk about objectivity. 20 yeah. years. 20 years.
1: Ooh, I want to hear those songs. That's incredible.
0: We'll, we'll see. But, it's- but it's funny though, because I'll find, um, there are lines that I just let let stay, like what you're talking about, Mushmouth. Mm-hmm. There'll be stuff probably I sang it and it sounded good, and so I just wrote it down. Yep. And I go back and and some of them are like that is so brilliant. How did yeah. I ever think of that? Yeah. But for every time that happens, there's ten times where I'm thinking like, why would I even write that down? Yeah.
1: Like, that's <laughs> Insane. Yeah. 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 <sighs> totally.
0: But it's and this and this kind of goes back to the earlier question about beating yourself up. Yeah. You kind of have to love yourself enough to forgive yourself for. The stupid stuff, right? The mistakes. You
1: should, but we're always like, I, I, I feel like artists are poor artists. They they like have the biggest egos, and the, and and they also have no self confidence. It's yeah. you walk that line, um, and, and you you live with it all all the time, and it's it's hard. I mean, it's probably no different than anybody in any profession, honestly. But artists, you're always. I mean you're literally standing on the stage and you're pouring your heart out and there's so much personal stuff that goes into it that is consistently up for review yeah. by the public
0: criticism. Criticism
1: even. and your and your peers you look at I don't know about you but I I certainly look at my you know my my path and I've been on a roller coaster I've had like really amazing opportunities and then like you know, the rugs pulled out, like I've had both things and, and I'm sure every artist has. And, and it's, I really have to work to turn off the comparisons and um, remember how much space there is for everybody. And everyone's got their own unique path. And, and, but those hit me hard sometimes, you know, and I just wrote a song about it. I was like, this is like the taboo thing that you're not supposed to like talk about. Like, you know, what if you want, more and you don't like. It's it's sort of a sh- there's shame associated with that, but it's like it has to do with ego, you know.
0: If, if we had no ambition, we would never have released music to the public, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's a tricky thing. And now, in and I wonder how you deal with this in in a world where uh, there was a time when we would play music and maybe somebody would write about it in a newspaper or a magazine. But a lot of times most of the feedback we got or all of the feedback was the audience right. and their adulation or applause or whatever. Right. But now we live in a, an echo chamber where people can, without even thinking, dash off something incredibly hurtful Yeah. and then we read it. Yeah. I mean, how do you deal with that? Because you, you exist on social media somewhat.
1: Right? I, I Yeah, social media is tricky for me because of that. Mm. I'm, I need to... Um, I understand its value in terms of a... Um, a connection source, and I, I love it for all those ideals, um, and then I understand its marketing purpose for a musician, and the need, and and trying to, because I'm so sensitive, I'm such a chicken shit, you know, are you allowed to curse on your thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, but like, I, I mean, 15 years ago, I got a review... Um, 35 people in a little venue in London where you, nobody was there. I mean, people mm. were sitting on like, like stumps, not even I don't know, stools. I just remember everyone was low to the ground. And I was, I was talking in between like songs and I, it was so early on for me, but it was really exciting because I'd never been abroad as one of my early shows. And I, somebody sent me a review that was like, Basically, the message was just shut up and saying like mm-hmm. nobody wants to hear your stories and it it outed some personal things that I was mm-hmm. like not even aware of. It was just sort of me being really open and and i so i I went through all that emotional reaction, wrote a song about it, yeah. I was you know about that <laughs> idea, and then never read another review in in my life, and so I' never read them unless. I mean, you can't help family be like, look at this, or somebody yeah. be like, look at this. And I'm like, I never want to see it unless it's something that you guys want to, I say you guys, but I'm talking to my cats. I don't, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to see it because I don't want to know. And, and, um, it's, inc- it's, it's, it's very difficult because I am super sensitive, but you get, you you know, you have a thick skin, you're supposed to have a thick skin, but
0: mm-hmm. you know, But. How? kind of you're not yeah right? that's why we're, we do this because we're sensitive like yeah. the world affects us and we feel it and we turn it into we use it as grist for this m- song yeah. mill
1: yeah who's the there's somebody on <laughs> there's someone on Twitter that oh who's the oh my god I can't believe I'm sp- the Harry Potter series J.K. Rowling yeah, yeah. So isn't isn't she the? What? somebody on there has the best quips for like people being just so mean (laughs) is she one of them i feel like i'm seeing pretty brilliant i feel like there's if you can i wish i were that person that could like just give it back in such a funny way that would be entertaining like that's your shield is like this amazing comedy that you could give back but um i'm i take things very to heart i have to be careful
0: i'd be surprised if even she didn't get her feelings hurt you would think yeah
1: i'm sure it's
0: funny though there are there are people that you and i both know that artists like us that have to read every single word written about them just voraciously and totally and they respond to it and they get worked up about it and yeah i just i feel bad i feel bad for them i don't think that's probably that's probably not the way to do it there's not one way to do what we do yeah but that's probably not
1: yeah i mean that it would it would seep into your soul at some point that's why I love that show Black Mirror. They just show you the worst of it all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like takes, takes it all to extremes.
0: Um, okay, so as we're giving yeah. advice, uh yeah. if you were to encounter the twenty one year old version of Rachel Yamagata but oh. working in today's world, yes. What advice do you think you might give yourself?
1: Oh man. Um, <laughs> learn how to learn how to file things properly. <laughs> what would I say I would that would definitely be one of them I'd be like pay attention to where your your assets are you know create and then archive in a smart way so that it doesn't just go into the ether like that would be one of my technical pieces of advice um and then uh you know it's so it's so funny because like I feel like now, especially musically, there's, there's just no rules. There's no rules to what like you can you have to do anymore. Like, in, it, I don't know. Before I was signed, sort of in the pop mm-hmm. t- time of pop, or like you know, major labels and all of these sort of pre-laid plans for what radio would take or what all you know, all these different formats that would get you out there. And so there was more structure. And now it's like what's so interesting is there's no. Um, anything goes like who knows what's going to come out next and anything feels like it has a um, a big shot of getting out there. So I would, my advice to my younger self would be like, you know, the best advice I got was like, stay, stay true to your, you know, your authenticity, like figure out your sound and whatever that is, just be honest, just be true. I would probably still give that same advice now because that was always a really good piece of advice and now it even seems easier to do that you know it's it's like who knows who knows what's going to be next
0: that kind of seems like the ultimate advice right you have to be you because it'll come through if you're being inauthentic
1: yeah absolutely Especially, especially with music you have to and what else it's such a hard existence in so many ways that the worst thing would be to like go through the, the struggle part of it and then be like, ah, I hate all that shit, <laughs> you know, or like feel like it's not you. Yeah, you like know? what you
0: were talking about, about how when you're not looking at a tree writing a song, you're being a business person, traveler, right. you know, a travel agent, you know, like you're working, you're really working. Yeah. And yeah. what if you're doing all that in the service of something that was created inauthentically or just to like try and make money or something you just ended up disliking right and not loving yeah yeah how sad would that be it
1: would be so sad
0: well i don't feel like i feel like you've really followed that i mean i really feel like i look at your career path i admire what you do i think you you work so hard but you also balance it out with realizing that what you're doing is art and it's a weird little delicate personal thing yeah and I wish everybody could see this little spot that you have. Aww. But I'm glad they're not here because that would ruin the whole know, thing. It would be
1: scary, actually. This is a very be solitary,
0: fun. beautiful place. It is. Thank um, you. Thank you so much for talking to me.
1: I'm having such a good time. you are. You got to write your book, continue your podcast, <laughs> do all that music from 20 years ago. I'm so excited to see what you do.
0: No rest for the wicked. Nope. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. Every day. Thanks, y'all. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMs. It wasn't just a radio station;
1: it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I Yeah. Like
0: yeah. The buzzard. W-M-M-S.
1: The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.